The Athletic. Hi there, you're listening to the Athletic Football Tactics Podcast. Uh, excitingly, you're listening to a bonus tactics pod. Uh, I'm Ali Maxwell. I've got Michael Cox with me here because we have been able to share with you Michael's full interview with England's Kira Walsh. Uh, Michael had the chance to sit down with Kira, one of England's Euro 2022 heroines, uh, and analyse her performance in that Wembley final for the Athletic. A great response to the piece when it went out, Michael. It's going to be fascinating to hear the conversation itself. How did this come about uh, and what were your first impressions of Kira? I think she just really enjoyed watching the game back, to be honest. It was the first time that she'd watched it back. I'd watched it a couple of times in, in preparation for the interview and dug out the right clips and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, just, just listening to her thought processes and her memories, both of the game itself and in terms of the preparation and a little bit of the aftermath um, was fantastic. I mean, she was, I think, clearly the best player in that game, got the assist for the opening goal with a fantastic pass over the top. So just a really, yeah, really fun interview to, to plan and conduct and and actually to write up. Uh, I know some journalists don't like writing up interviews because it can take quite a while, but I, I quite enjoy just trying to convey people's speech patterns and how the interview actually went. Mm. But uh, if, if you don't like reading it and you want to listen to it instead, then hopefully this will be enjoyable. Very rare to have a, a current star player opening up, I think, in such detail on really tactical and technical questions about the role in which she plays. Yeah, that was fun. I mean... Um Obviously, after the, the Euros win, those players have had so many media requests. I mean, they've been on kind of daytime TV and magazine covers and that kind of thing. But uh, I guess, um, you know, Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby's probably aren't going to be asking about how they dealt with uh, Germany's rotations down the right <laughs> flank and that kind of thing. So uh, she seemed to really enjoy it. It's, it's nice to do an interview with people where where they enjoy it and, and they enjoy talking about their own game. So um, I think that's one of the strengths of, of this format we do, my game and my words. We are showing them some of their best bits. Um, if there's any players that are up for just talking through their worst bits, uh, I'd be up for that as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there weren't many of them for, for Kira Walsh in this performance in the final. And a nice quirk of the timing of the release of this interview in audio terms is that in the last 24 hours, I've seen some reports that Kira Walsh may be moving to FC Barcelona Femini for what might be a world record fee in the women's game. Yeah, that'd be fascinating. I mean, we did have a little bit of a chat at the end of um, watching back the final about her game in general. And kind of unprompted, she did mention that she has kind of been inspired by a few Barcelona deep line midfielders over the years. So yeah, if that transfer goes through, it will be fascinating. Um, I mean, Barcelona have a lot of quality in that position. But I think in the kind of position at the base of midfield, there is a little bit of a vacancy that she could she could certainly fill. Um, and the fact that it's a world record transfer by the sounds of it, I think is absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's very rare. You know, look at the progression of the men's transfer record. I don't think there's ever been a defensive midfielder mm. that has been the world record transfer fee. Sometimes a kind of box-to-box midfielder, attacking midfielder. But for it to be that deep-lying playmaker, 
um, I think says a lot about Walsh's quality, but also says a lot about what Barcelona are all about as well. Kira Walsh on the Athletic Football Tactics podcast. What a coup. Uh, here's her conversation with Michael. Start with just asking about how you felt coming into the game in terms of nerves. I mean, it's such a big occasion, 90,000 mm-hmm. people at Wembley. Did it feel like a different challenge? I mean, yeah, like I'd be lying if I said there wasn't nerves in and around, but I think, in fairness, when we was at like dinner and match day minus one and, and lunch and stuff, I think if somebody was to just walk in the room, they wouldn't know we had a final. I think everyone was relatively relaxed, and I think it was more just a feeling of excitement, like. I remember the team meeting, Serena was just like really excited and I think that kind of like transfers throughout the room, doesn't it? And if she's not nervous then, and we can see that, then we're not going to be as nervous. I mean, obviously there is going to be some, but I think we're all just so excited to play at Wembley and yeah. a home Euro. like, you're never going to get the chance to do that again. So Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So this is your first touch. I don't know whether you remember it, but it's... Um, I hope it was all right. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean... You will see that the ball comes at you at quite an awkward height and it kind of, it's a bit of chest control and you lay it off nicely. A decent first touch. Do you feel like once you've had a touch and it's yeah, gone well, yeah, yeah. do you settle into the game a little bit more? Yeah, I do remember that. And I think, um, I think for me, something that I really focused on in the tournament was like not starting slow as in not waiting to kind of try the forward passes and, and not wait till the second half when it opens up. Like I really wanted to take the game to the opposition and obviously getting your first touch in and it not, Going to the opposition is obviously a good start, but um, yeah, I just remember thinking like, just get myself in the game and get as many touches as I can early on and, and just feel confident throughout. Mm-hmm. And so the next clip is not actually involving you, but it's, it's just Germany winning the ball high up um, and pressing. And I wonder whether that was something you spoke about before the game. There was a lot of chat about Germany had scored a couple of goals from high pressing. Was that something you were, you were focused on in the first few minutes? Yeah, I think more so we were focused on how slow we've started in the first five or ten minutes I think that was something we definitely spoke about like throughout the tournament we felt like we wasn't quick off the mark um so I think it was probably more focusing on that and obviously like Germany just press consistently throughout and um I think it was probably a mix of both that we were like we need to be like on it from the first whistle and yeah it it makes it easier when Stanway's next to me and she's going to do them crunching tackles and million <laughs> winning the ball back and stuff so yeah there's a couple of clips here of you just playing, playing quite simple, I suppose, balls out to, yeah. to Rachel Daly, but kind of putting England in charge, I suppose. There's another one, just a simple sideways ball. Um, yeah. But I want to ask you about passes like this because it's, it's the type of pass that I think you play so well and so consistently. How important is kind of your orientation, your body shape, just to play that first time? Yeah, well, I knew that that was the winger who'd press Leah, so obviously Rachel's going to be free. Um, I think what Leah did was probably really important, waiting on it and letting the winger come closer because then when I pass to Rachel, mm-hmm. the winger's out of the game and it makes Rachel's life a lot easier to step in. But um, I think those are the concepts we work on is moving the ball quick, one and two touches. It's not like that. That's not necessarily a, a eye-catching pass, but it's equally as important. And the way Leah played to me is equally as important to get Rachel out. And I think in the, the first parts of the game, those are so important in controlling it. Sure. Well, we've got a more eye-catching pass for you next <laughs> up, um, which is the, the ball in behind for, for Beth Mead. And I suppose the interesting thing here is that you yeah. played it with your left foot, <laughs> which you seem really comfortable with at times throughout yeah. the tournament. Is that something you worked on? Yeah, I think 
I'm definitely known for passing with my right more than my left. So I think, I think for me, I wanted to play quickly. Like normally, I think in the past, I would have maybe tried to turn or come back out on my more comfortable right. But I knew we'd spoken about runs in behind quite a lot. And obviously, Beth and Hempo were unbelievable at that. And um, I think I played a pass quite similar in the Holland game in one of the, the friendlies beforehand. And I think that run and... I kind of seen how tight the fullback got to the winger and the space then is obviously in between and as I said the run the run made my life a lot easier because as soon as I lifted my head it takes your attention doesn't it but yeah I think for me I focused on playing quick initially and then obviously not trying to always work the ball back to my right because people are obviously going to know that I am right footed and mm -hmm. try and keep me on my left. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about the defensive side of things because mm -hmm. I thought this clip was quite interesting because Germany was so good at kind of rotating positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it was an interesting thing here where you're, you're following, I think it's Magul. Yeah. And you, you kind of make a conscious decision not to, not to track too high up and she gets the ball. Um, and there's a bit of a rotation down the right, actually leads to quite a good chance. But was that something you, you worked on or, or you spoke about before the game in terms of the, the rotation of their positions? Yeah, definitely. I think of, in the... Uh, other games it was more kind of just set like it would be a one and a two higher up and then we'd kind of switch it to come further down but um, I think with the rotations that they had um, we spoke about potentially that I would have to come out a little bit more and not just sit in front and I went tight initially because I thought if she's going to turn in that space it's a lot closer to where she can pay, play dangerous passes but hmm. I think I then initially didn't go even more because I thought she's received the ball she's facing backwards really like me coming out she mm -hmm. could shift and then play around me. So I just thought, I'll just stay in my slot, be patient. I don't need to go chasing out. But initially I thought if she receives their halfway line, she's going to have good space. So I tried to force her a little bit more. And then that's when I was like, Ellen's going to do the, the rest because Ellen is such a grafter. I knew that she would then kind of do in between. And yeah, I think we spoke about being patient as equally as much as mm -hmm. being aggressive and, and pressing. Sure. And there's a similar kind of situation here where McGull's come out to this, to this side and you point at Beth to go mm -hmm. out and shut her down. How important is communication for you know whoever's playing in that role you do? Yeah, massive. I think I think we focused on that all all throughout, and we knew that the rotation they made was midfielder to fullback, fullback wide, winger on the inside. Mm -hmm. So basically, we don't need to switch positions. They were kind of rolling onto where I would be anyway. So I'm obviously going to take what was the winger. Rach can do um, the fullback, and Beth can do my player. And really, it's not affected us that much in terms of. Um, positioning um, but yeah it was important and obviously Beth does a great job of getting out to her and they've only ended up going backwards anyway and McGull's now at right back and I think for me midfielder I wouldn't want to be sure. I'd, I'd want the ball there if I had space but ultimately I'm not a fullback so for me Beth did a great job there and forced him backwards. And then on to what you're doing with the ball it's just an example of of Leah bringing it forward and uh, I mean this was something that was obvious for England throughout the tournament her and Millie being able to bring the ball from yeah. her forward. Does this make your life easier? The fact she's, I mean, she's almost ended up in your position there and obviously is comfortable, you know, in midfield. Yeah. Does that make your life easier in midfield? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think we, we spoke about that and Serena was kind of telling me to be patient. I think it looks like I'm not doing anything, but by standing still, my goal's kind of still attracted to what I'm doing and I've let Leah take the space, which she's really good at. Like one of Leah's strengths is driving in and obviously she played in midfield in the build-up to it, so we didn't swap positions, but she can equally step in as, as much as I can, so mm -hmm. it worked quite well, yeah. And does it actually change your positioning? In, I mean, in situations like this, presumably you don't want to be kind of taking up her space because you, 
she can carry yeah. the boy into there, right? Yeah, so when you're on the switch, if I kind of stay out the way, Leah can step because I don't want to bring my, my player in and then ultimately I'll just support from, from behind and, yeah, hopefully get the set. And, of course, that was maybe the last thing that fell into place really in terms of Leah playing mm -hmm. at the back. She played alongside your midfield in a couple of the friendlies. Yeah. I know before the tournament, if you asked, you know, players always say you're happy to play wherever. Yeah, yeah. But did you have any preference in terms of where she played? Um, I think my preference was what she was more comfortable with and I think she's more comfortable playing centre-half. I think she can play midfield, but I think her strength is probably at the back and, and reading the game. And um, Yeah, I think the final was her best game. I thought she was unbelievable in the final and it worked quite well. And um, I think, especially with her behind me and not on the same line, I think we can have more combinations. I think sometimes when you're on the same line, it's hard to, to play with someone a little bit. Um, so with her behind me, you can see that we're playing the quick passes and um, we're on the same page, which was nice. And we managed to get out the opposite side, which is where I wanted to hurt them. And there's, there's quite a few examples of, of England just playing out really nicely from the back. So I'll just take that back a little bit. But there's so many times where this would basically be a clearance. Yeah. And it felt like you were all so comfortable just mm -hmm. playing out. As soon as you win the ball, almost go straight into the possession yeah. phase. There was no hoofing it clear. Um, yeah, I think obviously that helps with the um, philosophy of the clubs that we play at as well, I think. Um, Arsenal and City in particular, you know, we, we like playing out from the back and getting the ball down. and. Um, it does help with the composure, and I think Serena's definitely brought that in, is that she um, she wants us to try and play and, and build up, and it's not just get the ball as fa far away from our goal as, ca as we can. It was more of a process and, and playing playing the passes. And I think it was just, we all have a good relationship in terms of, like, we've all played together for a long time, so Jean used to set, mm -hmm. Leah played through, and then I played out to Hempo, who made a good run on the inside. I mean, I think it was just more about making the connections and being on the same page, and... That was so important in this game for playing out because Germany is so good at pressing. And there's situations like this where I think everyone watching gets nervous, but you guys seem the most comfortable with it. I just wonder whether if it gets to a situation like this and this ball goes forward from Mary to you, are there ever times where you don't want to pass? Like in that kind of situation? No. Okay. Uh, Gareth Taylor wouldn't be very happy with me if I did. Okay. I, think, um, I think if you watch the way we play on a Sunday, the amount of times I get the ball off Roebuck, I think I probably get the ball off Roebuck more than anyone, mm -hmm. um, especially in this position, because if you see where the two forwards have pressed, exactly like Millie's the spare player to then step in. and um, I think for me, I actually find it easier when a player's tighter because I can feel them on my back and I kind of know where to turn. I think sometimes when they're arriving, it's a bit more difficult. So I think for me, when she was tight, I knew where she was. Mm -hmm. I knew if I just changed pace a little bit and played, like I would be fine. It was more when they're arriving late, but that's something we spoke about as well. I said to Mary, like, if they jump in you, I'm comfortable to have the ball wherever, so just give it me. And, and Millie is, is a spare player. We spoke about that the day before the game, so um, we knew that was a possibility. And yeah, Mary played a nice pass into me and straight out to Millie. And the, the next clip is, I guess, the one time where Germany Press does work. Is this next clip an example of a pass maybe you, you didn't want or a pass that could have gone elsewhere? I mean, I think at the time, you don't realise, do you, how many bodies are around. I think at the time, I probably thought I didn't want that, but watching it back now, I think I should have just sorted my feet out quicker and it was actually a, a fine pass from Rachel. should have just turned out and played the other way. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I think when the noise and the crowd and, mm. yeah, the heat of the moment, I think at the time, I was like, oh, like, that was fast, like, I didn't want that. But now I've just watched it back. Like, it was a good pass from Rachel. I should have just turned out and gone the other way and sorted my feet out a bit quicker. Mm -hmm. 
It's funny you mentioned the, the crowd because I remember there was this one pass here. It felt like the first 15 of the second half Germany started yeah, quite strong. Yeah, I could feel that, like we're under yeah. the cosh a bit. You can feel it as a player, like yeah. you know. Yeah. And d does that affect your game? Because there was a couple of passes you played here. I mean, we don't have audio on this, but the audio, there was a massive roar when you just played this, I suppose, fairly s standard yeah. sideways pass. But it felt like you were trying to put England in charge at that point. Yeah, I think, I think for me, I, I wanted to take control of the game and I knew we were under the caution. I'm happy to have the ball in situations where it's uncomfortable and if the girls want to give it me, like I, I could figure out where the space was, so I, I was happy. And um, I think it's those little bits that shift momentum. I think if I'd have maybe played backwards again or just kicked it long, I don't think it would have maybe changed the game for us in terms of momentum. I think getting Lucy on the ball where we can attack and whoever played me the pass was the right thing to do to go forward. It wasn't just about hoofing it, let's get it away from our goal. Like We wanted to shift momentum in terms of passing and building up and, and keeping the ball. Sure. Um, well, this is the goal. I know you said you haven't watched the game back, but I'm sure you've watched this uh, this <laughs> opening goal back a few times. Yeah. <laughs> Not as many as Tooney. It's bringing you down to 10 as well, isn't it? Which makes it quite unusual. Do you know what? I didn't even realise that. <laughs> no, I didn't even realise. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, but... <laughs> Do you know, as soon as you played that pass, do you kind of know it's on the money? You know, it's, it's yeah, pretty think, much on the spot. Yeah, I think if you ask any footballer when the ball, as soon as the ball's left the foot, they know. Mm -hmm. Like, you just strike it and I think, like, it's the same when you've had a shot. Yeah. I, some players celebrate before it's even gone in because you know as soon as it's left your foot. Yeah. Um, but I think, I remember at the time I was looking up and I think I knew the space was in behind. Serena had just said they were quite high and we needed to play balls in behind. Not, not just kicking it anywhere, but measured balls, so... I kept looking, kept looking, and I could I could see Tooney in my peripheral making the run, but it, the timing just wasn't there yet. Um, yeah. So I, I'd stay on it, I'd stay on it, kept looking, and I think the centre half maybe she she might have stepped forward into the side, and it just opened up slightly because I thought about playing it more in the air and a bit more towards the corner flag because I thought at least she'll get it on the diag. But I think the centre half's decision to step made my decision to mm -hmm. kind of still in the air but in, more in between the two centre-halves I think if she maybe hadn't have stepped I wouldn't have played it so central if that makes sense yeah. but um, I think a lot of it it's hard to explain it's just instinct in the moment like mm -hmm. I could hear Tooney and we want to play forward we want to play nice passes so yeah it, it, it's hard to put it into words why, why I did it but mm -hmm. yeah I think for me it was just instinct mm -hmm. and do you remember the aftermath here because there's a couple of nice little scenes first Chloe's saying something I've tried lip reading can't, do you remember what is said in those situations? Um, I think a lot of the girls were just like, what a pass, like maybe a few swear words in there <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. But yeah, it was nice because I think sometimes, not just in in this game, but I think it, it is about the goal scorers and I think the girls like, I think that was what was so special about this team. It wasn't just about one person and Serena's very good at that. It's not just about, she sits in a meeting sometimes and says, you might have scored, but this player done well and it wasn't just about the goal scorers so it, it was nice for the girls to to celebrate with me as well and um obviously I've played with Tooney for a long time so mm -hmm. yeah just just seeing that and she's such a good player so it was just such a, a special moment and an unbelievable finish mm. and there's quite a nice bit where the director clearly very obviously cuts to you here yeah 
it's almost like everyone knows straight away that's a fantastic pass. It's not often you kind of I was get gonna a focus say it on is a bit system. it's unusual, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, you know yeah. just go to the goal scorer. Um yeah, I think I just took a minute to the emotions were so high I needed a minute to settle down. I think sh I've just played that pass like Yeah. We've just scored, like I just needed a minute to because obviously when you go over with the girls and I just needed a minute to myself, but can't take away from the finish, like it was an yeah, yeah. unbelievable finish. And it's, it's funny you say that you didn't realise you're down to 10 because in a way that's why the goal happens, right? Because Alessia's out covering for Beth yeah. on the right. So you end up at kind of 4-4-1. Four, four, yeah. And you've got Ella who ends up as briefly the centre forward. Yeah, I think at the time I did think that I was like, oh, Tooney's in the nine, but it didn't. I think I was just so focused it didn't register that we were down to 10 and... If you look at how many players are around, like her run's incredible to, to get through there. Um, yeah, I think this is probably a better angle. I think it kind of maybe shows what I was thinking when the centre half. I think, yeah, I think she's expecting me maybe to play it uh, the other side of her and I think she kind of steps and yeah, I just decided to play it through the middle. And it's almost like it helps that she has, to, or she ends up starting her run from so deep, right? Because yeah. she's, she's at top speed by the time you play the pass. She's right. Yeah, see, so the centre-half's body shape facing that way. Yeah. I think she thought I was going to play and then for her to then turn is so much harder. But, yeah, I think, if, like you said, if she was in the nine, it would have been a lot easier for the centre-halves to track her. It's because she started so deep and she's given me time to lift my head. Mm -hmm. um, made my life a lot easier. And I did worry at one point that she might have been offside and I might have played it too late. But, um, <laughs> yeah, obviously not. But, yeah, I was a bit, at one point, I was a bit nervous to see if she was offside. So I was the other end of the stadium here and it felt like between her dinking it and it hitting the net, yeah. it felt like about 10 seconds to me. Yeah, it felt like a long time for yeah, me as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fair to say at one point I was thinking, oh, like, just please just hit the back of the net. Um, <laughs> but yeah, unbelievable finish. But yeah, I, I did feel that as well. I felt it was taking a very, very long time to go in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's just another nice replay, close replay here of the pass. That kind of ball, can you still kind of recall the feeling as you hit it it must be quite a kind of memorable just feeling the actual feeling on your boot yeah. as it hits it right um to be fair i think most of the time i would play that with my laces but i think the way i wanted it to curl mm -hmm. into toonie and put her in on like i really wanted to put her in on goal like that's what i was i was thinking on that i had to use my instep and kind of whip it um but yeah i think as soon as it left my foot i knew that it was a pretty good pass it's fair to say um yeah, and then just hope that Tooney could score, and she did. And we've got a few clips, more of the, the second half. The first, first one's just a nice little flick to, uh, to Georgia Stanway. Uh, just this little sideways ball. And I wanted to ask about your relationship with her and how important is it that you played with her for City for so long? Yeah, I think, I think that was definitely a key factor um, for me playing so well is that I felt so comfortable next to Georgia. Like, uh, I, I think she just knows where I am. I know where she is, and um, I think we kind of can revert back to type. Like, I know what she what she's really good at, and, and vice versa. So, yeah, for me, it gave me a, a comfortable platform to then to then go and play because I know I know how hard she works. Um, but yeah, I think not to take away from her ability as well. Like, I think she's capable of. Of, of playing some amazing passes as well, and I think it that was that was a good point for the team. But um, yeah, she, she's just comfortable on the ball as well. I think obviously we've grown up together, so 
Um, I know that I can give her in some tight situations um, and she'll deal with it. And um, she's never one to shy away as well. I can, I can give it to her when there's players around her and she'll, whether she loses it or not, still, she'll still show again, which is important. Um, but yeah, I just felt really comfortable playing next to her and I hope she felt the same about me. <laughs> <laughs> next pass here is a really good straight ball up to Alessia. I wondered when she came on, I mean, I think she came on as a sub in all six games. Did that change how you played, how the team played? The difference between her and Ellen, they're obviously different types of strikers. Yeah, um, yeah, they are. I think I think regardless of where Russo would come on, I would look for her. I think she's, she's that sort of player, especially when I'm playing deeper. You do have those sort of players that automatically you kind of look for regardless of where they are. Um, and, and that's what I did there. I think I was half thinking about playing to Chloe. Um, but then I, again, I seen the gap, and I, I know what Russo's capable of. So I just thought I needed to get the ball. Um, so I kind of played like a little um, reverse pass. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think not just me, but anyone when she comes on, we know what she's capable of. She's she's so good at holding it up as well. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think she gets credit enough for holding it up. I think people just think about the skills, but mm-hmm. she's so powerful and so strong that. Yeah, like I would give her the ball in any situation, which is kind of what I did here. And it was an unlucky touch, but the, 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 run, was, the run was there. And the next up is the Germany goal. It's an exquisite first touch from Lohmann. Fired into her. Second and third weren't bad either. Can she work the opening? Here's Vasmut. Along the face of goal and in. Equaliser for Germany. And no surprise, it's Lena Magul. Who strikes? She's been the most threatening. Well worked goal, one-one. Which is a nice goal, and I wonder whether. I mean, is there anything you can do as, as a team better in this situation? It just felt like a, a really nicely worked goal at the time. Yeah, I think um, I think it's just one of them. In it, they've got they've got quality players, so they're going to have moments um, in the game. And I think here, when I was tracking back, we knew how good McGull was at free kicks as well. So. Okay. We got told about no fouls, so as I'm, she, she's, uh, Lohman's done a great touch across me because either I'm going to foul her or I'm not going to get back. So for me, I was thinking, don't trip her up, don't trip her up. Mm-hmm. But looking back now, I probably could have stuck my foot in a little bit more and stopped it. But I just think sometimes it, it is hard, the, the world-class players, maybe we could have, you know, got out to the ball a bit quicker. I could have, I could have stuck my toe in, we could have maybe tracked the runner a bit better, but I think, yeah, it's just, just one of them moments and it, it was a great finish, finish at the front post, but yeah, it, it's hard to say what we could have done better when their players are equally unbelievable. And it felt like there wasn't really any sense of panic at all. You, you kind of just, it wasn't like Germany had a big spell of pressure after this, which yeah. I think as fans we're probably worried about, but it kind of just settled down and, and you were able to really exert control on the game again after that. Yeah, I think obviously we were, we were gutted uh, there's 12 minutes to play we were absolutely devastated but I don't think we ever let that emotion go too high I think we are we never really spoke about winning but we always knew we were going to if that makes sense there's mm-hmm. there's not really many words to describe it but it was just the atmosphere the feeling um, there was just a feeling of control and a feeling that we were always going to win and it, it's something that I think as a player you notice when you go in the dressing room Sometimes I can go in a dressing room and I can tell you how the first half's going to go before we've even kicked a ball because of how flat it is and, and the feeling. And there was never that once in the Euros throughout. Even even away from the pitch, the, the energy and the positivity, it was something that I've never been a part of before in terms of for such a long period and 
to sustain that throughout. Um, but yeah, like even in the Spain game when we had lesser possession, we we were just comfortable. And I think there's the belief under Serena that our chance is going to come. We're going to get a chance, and we're going to take it. And I think that's kind of just yeah how we felt in this game. We knew we was going to get another chance to score, and mm-hmm. and we did. So we're into extra time now, and um, I guess the obvious question is. How much did tiredness come into it? Because he didn't look tired, but I mean, sixth game of a major tournament, extra time. Were there any feelings that you were, you know, finding more difficult? Or um, Yeah, there was one point of the game that sticks out, and I think... Do I give the ball away in this clip? No, I've got nothing of you giving the ball away here. You'll okay, be pleased all right, to know. well, yeah, no, pleased to know, I think... Because you looked, you looked the freshest of all the midfielders this is the at one. that point. Yeah. This is the one that I remember. I, I was getting cramped when I was running with the ball. Here, now I'm thinking, but equally, like I could see the space and I, I was really annoyed with myself with this pass because, again, Tooney, another great run. I think, I think if I felt a bit fresher, I might have been able to get it to her, but I was getting cramped. But I think the forwards and the def- everyone, I think, I felt like we, not fitter than them, I don't think that's the right thing to say, but I felt like we were a bit more connected, a bit more... F- fresher in the mind maybe I think um, mm-hmm. felt a bit more controlled in that sense than than what they did and those are the little things that make such a difference in extra time because you've just played 90 minutes of football and I think when I go over to the side in between full time and extra time I kind of just take myself away from the group I think obviously like that the staff on the side have been through all the emotions watching and sometimes are a bit excited and I think for me in the moment like I need to focus on what I'm doing and I remember Jill coming up to me in the Spain game and she was like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong? And I said, Jill, like, I'm, I'm really good, I'm fine. I just need a minute to like process and just a minute to myself because I've got to go back out there. And then in this game, um, she came up to me and she was like, we're good. Like, she, she knew what I was thinking, I knew what she was thinking. And I think everyone was just so positive when we went over. We were like, we've got this, like, we're going to win. And then here's the, the winning goal. And it is deep. I've looked a few times, I can't find you anywhere in this. Are you on the halfway line? Or, yeah, I stay back. back for corners. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So whatever you were doing in celebration for the winner. I don't think I think I went over to the bench, you know. I mean, presumably you Les- can't. <laughs> I've only just seen less on the floor then. <laughs> That's what I've noticed, yeah. <laughs> she's so trying to get a family. <laughs> she's she's absolutely dead after the aerial challenge. And then suddenly... Ah, uh, that's my favourite bit. I'm, I've only just seen that. She pops up out of nowhere. I, um, I think I went straight over to the bench. OK. Because I had the view... I didn't even realise Chloe had stopped and was thinking, oh, might be... I don't know what she was thinking offside, I'm not sure, but I just went straight over to the bench um, and then, yeah. I, yeah. I actually don't even know where I am, to be honest. Just every single emotion. Um, and then I think the realisation again is, right, we've got not long left to play, don't concede. And then I actually felt like, like you said, we was in so much control. I think Chloe's feet and stuff to keep it in the corner. Because I said to Jill, I was like, I've got a cramp again, Jill. Like, I don't, I don't know whether I can keep playing. And she was like, just give us five, ten more minutes. So I think I looked at Serena at one point and I was like, five minutes. And then there was still maybe like another ten to play. But they did so well to keep it in the corner. Yeah, I was going to include a clip of that, but I just couldn't cut it down. Enough. It was about five minutes where the <laughs> yeah, ball just Chloe didn't was just like so rolling it, and 
Yeah, I actually didn't didn't feel stressed because I don't think the ball really got in our half that much to ever feel under pressure. Um, oh, I, I really, like, I've not watched this bit back, but, like, it's just so special, isn't it? Yeah, we've like, got just, some... Yeah. Uh, just got a few photos to show you as well from the, the kind of celebrations. Because this must have been... Uh, I mean, how well do you remember these kind of scenes at the end? Is it a blur or is it quite clear in your memory? No, I do remember this bit because, I, as I said, I looked for Jill straight away. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to celebrate with Jill first because of the journey she's been on and just what she's done for women's football. I think she's such an incredible person and we spoke about it all tournament. I was like, if we win, you're going to dye your hair. Classic Jill Scott, red hair with the braids in. She's not actually done it yet, that's just reminded me. But we said if we win, you're doing classic Jill Scott with the red hair and braids. Um, so, yeah, we went over to each other and then um, when Serena come over, just... Just, yeah, just elation, I think. And to obviously have done it twice is um, incredible. And I don't think she'll ever get enough credit for what she's done for the Lionesses and the confidence and the spirit she's brought to this team. And I think obviously you see how well we're playing on the pitch, but nobody, none of the fans see what she's done behind the scenes and not just her, it's um, Arjan, our assistant, and um, Anya, who's kind of like head of operations. I think the calmness and... The real te team spirit they've brought has has just brought an edge to the this team that we've never had before. And even in the qualifiers, you could see like the goals we were scoring, and mm -hmm. everyone's just so pleased for each other. And it's just yeah, it's an, an honour to be a part of the team. And you mentioned Jill; she was um, obviously she announced her retirement this week. Yeah, she said something similar in her statement. I'm, I'm sure you read it. She went <laughs> over to you and said, "Thanks for bossing midfield the whole tournament." Yeah, she did. She came up to me and she was like, "I love you so much. Thank <laughs> you for playing so well with one." And I'm like, like. Yeah, I, I just was like, shut up, Jill. Like, we've just won a Euros. Why are you saying thank you? I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I was just so pleased for her, um, her and Ellen, considering, you know, they've been in women's football when it's not been so, so great. Um, so, yeah, just, and I think, I think at this point, my, um, my cousin and her baby were at, um, at the game and I looked over, okay. but he wasn't crying happy tears. He was not in the best of moods. <laughs> okay. So I was like, what are you crying for? And, um, <laughs> Obviously, I was buzzing, so I'm smiling, but he's like, he's only little, he's about, he's three. So, he, yeah, I think it was all just a bit much for him and he's yeah. crying. So I looked over expecting him to be like all happy. <laughs> he's crying his eyes out. Um, so, yeah, that's why I was doing that celebration. <laughs> and there's a couple more. There's one uh, nice one of you at the end, uh, getting the, the player of the match award. <laughs> and it felt like this tournament, I mean... Oberdorf was getting loads of praise coming yeah. to the game as well. It felt like players in your position were getting maybe more praise than they have done at previous tournaments. Yeah, I think um, I think it is a position naturally that goes unnoticed. It's the same in, in the men's game as the women's. Um, yeah, I think it's the position that equally gets criticised when it goes wrong because we're getting the ball in such difficult areas. You know, like I'm receiving the ball on the edge of the box. If I lose it there, then it's going to be a goal. So, yeah, I do think it is open to criticism a lot, but I think it's just a nice feeling. Like, I've, I've spoken about it a lot, that um, I want young girls to watch me play and want to be a holding midfielder, not just score the goals, I think. Um, I think that's something that that was really important to me, is that I, I want them to grow up and think that playing holding midfield is a really important position in football. And, yeah, I think it's nice that people are starting to see that. And um, I know I'm not a traditional English holding midfielder. I'm not the one who's going to be slide tackling breaking up play, heading and, and all that. I think, I think it's nice that I'm getting credit for my game and the way that I play, um, 
which is a lot down to City and the way that they've taught me. Um, but yeah, I, I think in general, I would just like holding midfielders to get more credit. I think we've got some great examples in the WSL, like Leah Walt is an unbelievable player and I don't think she gets the credit she deserves for the way she makes Arsenal tick and the way she makes Arsenal play. Um, so yeah, she actually messaged me after the game um, okay. and so did um, Sarah Zadrazil from Austria. I think it was kind oh, yeah. of just like a, just a nice moment for holding <laughs> yeah. midfielders, you know, like, yeah, it was just nice to to see kind of the, the respect and the unity from kind of our position and yeah, I think um, hopefully there'll be more player of the matches for, for number sixes um, throughout the year. It's interesting you mentioned City there because I remember I mean, going back 20 years, a player they used to speak about in kind of similar terms to you was Pep Guardiola, who yeah, was not yeah. a tackling midfielder. Do you think there's a link between what he's done with the men's side and, and the way the women's side plays at City as well? Yeah, definitely. I think if you watch um, Rodri on the men's side now, you know, he's not running around everywhere. He's not slide tackling. I think it's a very controlled way that he plays out of possession. It's definitely an influence from Pep. But I think, I think for me, um, when I was growing up, um, obviously City are good now, but when I was younger, they weren't. And that's all the team that I've always support. Um, so I think um, rather than me watching them, my dad kind of used to make me watch Spanish football. And mm -hmm. um, I actually did play uh, football in Spain quite a bit. Um, we've got family who live over there. So I'd go over and kind of play with the, the Spanish lads. And um, I think I've always kind of grown up influenced by that sort of football. And um, yeah, my dad's always made me watch Busquets and... Um, when Yaya Torre was there at, at Barca and um, I've actually watched clips of Pep on YouTube when he was playing holding midfield okay, yeah. so I think that's where I definitely take my influence and inspiration is from um, the way that the Spanish players play it so um, hopefully I can keep keep continuing and, and progressing in that way. I've just got one last photo to show you which is not from the game itself but it's the next day. <laughs> Do you know what? I've actually got crisps in my teeth. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> we got a packed lunch on the coach and we were all starving. So I've got crisps in my teeth. But I don't, I don't even remember what George is laughing at, to be honest. But Probably something stupid, knowing G. <laughs> so this day, I mean, in Trafalgar Square, obviously for a month or two months, really, you're in a bit of a bubble, aren't you? Yeah. Down in Teddington or at the games. But when you see the kind of crowds that aren't at games, it must have maybe when it sunk in is probably an exaggeration, but it must have been a slightly different experience to everything that had been happening before. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us probably were on social media as well, so you don't you don't necessarily you obviously know it's a big occasion, but you don't have the buzz around it that the fans do because for me that was really important staying off it. Like I didn't want to see whether it was positive or negative. Mm -hmm. I I didn't want to get ride the wave too high either and think, oh, unbelievable, like nothing's gonna stop us. I think I wanted to stay grounded so I stayed off social media as a lot of the other girls did so I think then when we kind of turned up here I don't really know what any of us were expecting obviously it was a, a late night the day before as well I think a lot of us were very tired um, but then when we turned up I think I think what was special for me was just how authentic everybody was and um, I think that's what sets these girls apart is that especially on the stage like none of that was fake that's just how we are and Mm -hmm. um, I think that's how the fans can probably relate to the girls. You know, you've got Rach Millie dancing, Tooney's answering questions. How she probably speaks to her mates in Manchester, <laughs> and I think I think that's that's as I said, it what makes this team so likable as well. Um, but I think that pitch is just yeah, it's probably one of my favourites from the tournament um, with Lucy and Georgia. Um, I just winning trophies with your best friends is nothing that can beat it. And I don't think Georgia and Lucy have necessarily had the easiest of times either with confidence and 
you know, I think they're two players who do receive a lot of criticism sometimes when I don't personally think it's due. So both had unbelievable tournaments and yeah, I don't think England would have won if those two didn't play as well as they did. So yeah, it's just a, a nice a nice picture and yeah, moment I'll probably cherish forever. And it's fun what you say about your friends because I remember uh, listening to an interview with Jamie Carragher and he said, it was, you know, talking about the trophies he'd won and he said, winning's quite good, but winning with your mates is a yeah. completely different experience. Yeah, like I've, I've, I've obviously won trophies with teams where winning's a special feeling in itself, but I think even with this team, I, I think with everyone, we've all got such close relationships that, I don't know, I, I, it shouldn't make you run a little bit harder and it shouldn't make you do anything differently, but I think that that little bit inside you, I think, even with the coaches and, and the rest of the staff, I think deep down, I think you can find an extra 5%, 10% that you probably wouldn't have found if you wasn't so close and the respect wasn't there, I think. I think that's 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 a lot about football that people, yeah, I don't know, I think it's missed out sometimes if you know someone on a personal level and you take the time out to respect them and get to know them, then you're going to get so much more out of them and I think that's what you could see with this team. Mm-hmm. That's great, nice one. We gave it the big build-up. It didn't disappoint. Kira Walsh, what a treat to listen to her chatting to you, Michael. A, a, a reminder, guys, that the Women's Super League season kicks off this Saturday. Uh, that's the 10th of September. Uh, Emma Hayes is Chelsea going for a fourth successive league title. Uh, Michael, you've got a close eye on WSL. Anyone you think that might look to spoil that Chelsea procession to another title? I think it's going to be pretty familiar from last season, to be honest. Chelsea, the strong favourites. I think Arsenal will be the closest challengers. Uh, Manchester City, it must be said, have, have had a really disastrous transfer window, really. I mean, to lose Kira Walsh, Caroline Weir and Georgia Stanway, kind of their first choice midfield three, all going to big clubs, to Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Barcelona. I think they will struggle to to recover from that. But yeah, Chelsea and Arsenal, I think, have, have both uh, beefed up their sides. Some really interesting signings. And I think this year as well is probably the year where we need to see a bit more progression from the English sides in the Champions League. Uh, Chelsea got to the final two years ago, but lost very soundly to Barcelona in that. And for all the talk about, you know, a lot of people are presenting the WSL as the best league around. And maybe in some ways that could be true, but I think you really need your clubs to prove it on the highest stage before you get too carried away in that respect. Well, the best way to keep up to date with the new season is with the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. That's back. Uh, You can find Lindsay Hooper and company wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to keep right up to date over the course of the new season. Hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode of the Athletic Football Tactics Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed as well. And we go again next week. The Athletic.